No one knows what it's like to be the sad man. To be the bad man behind brown eyes. I don't have blue eyes. Welcome, everybody, to Wolf Sheep. Uh, I'm Luis Cavado. And I'm stunned, <laughs> frankly. Well, I think that it was the general uh, mood when I got here. So no, I, I love it. Uh, I'm Matthew Walker. I'm Adam Parker. And, and yeah, it's not quite as morose as I made it sound. Sorry. It might be. We're not done yet. <laughs> well, topic this week uh, came from the list. And this one came up recently, actually. This is the newest thing I added on the list. I was listening to a podcast last week, and uh, they uh, they were talking about problems, issues in life, etc. And the one guy said, you know, this is why I don't believe in God. If God were real, then he'd just pop down and fix all this. Right. And, and, that, that and, and also, I kind of wanted to punch my coworker last week. He's... Uh, like a throat punch? The tailor... No, I mean, he probably would have got hit harder than he needed to because I, I would have taken it out on him, all the frustrations I have with the last couple of weeks. But oh, okay, cool. He, uh, he constantly not attacks the church because his, his anger towards the, the, uh, the corrupt individuals within certain institutions is warranted. Yeah. But he brings it up and he brings it up and he brings it up and he brings it up. And I always mention, well, just remember not everybody's like that. Just remember not everybody's oh, like, like that. our church or whoever. Yeah. And then last week I'm just saying, well, what, what are you trying to say? You trying to lump me in with the group? And he just got taken aback. And he says, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Well, you bring it up all the dang time. So I'm taking it a little personal now, okay? Wow. And, and he's like, okay. And he brought it up again this week, tepidly, you know, just to talk about it again. And I just ignored it. I just kept walking and let it go because right. I just, I didn't. I wasn't going to snap at him because I wasn't as upset as I was before. But Right. Yeah, I, just having my faith attacked, I guess, was... Uh, right. Well, your faith, your church, your body of believers, everything. Yeah. I just I don't want everybody to get, get lumped together when somebody... Right. <clears throat> but yeah, his, his state of unbelief is much the same. That he says, there's so much evil in the world, well, why, God, why hasn't God presented himself, made himself manifest, or done that awesome indescribable miracle of like right. breaking chains or getting people out whatever so that's what we're going to discuss what's our what's our topic for today after that amazing song lead in what uh uh proof proof what? well <laughs> asking for proof of god okay for, yeah I, well just you know who could have ever picked a topic some, like that? For some people, it's just it takes a very extreme showing. Right. Like you can't just right. tell them, "Look, man. I mean, the provision came or the healing came." They're just gonna say, "Well, that's that wasn't God." They can They'll help. explain it away with yeah. anything else. They can. They need get to, to have. Explanation. Mm-hmm, they need to have something extreme happen. So let's start. Have you ever asked God to show you He's real, or for a sign, or made a deal? And did you get it? <laughs> uh, I, I think I used to make deals with God all the time. If you if you don't let this happen, then I'll be good. Or you know, your little kid like statements. You know, if mm-hmm. oh my gosh, if you'll get me out of this, I'll never get myself into something like this again. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I used to do that, and then I converted over to, well, if you don't do this, then I quit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. Like, shove it, God. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I mean, I, I've, I'm not going to, you know, keep uh, beating a dead horse, because I brought this up before, but the whole basis of my belief is based on me making a deal with God, the one night sick in bed, feeling yeah. like I was going to die the next day, yeah. and asking for healing, and having healing happen in the morning and 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 it was one of those moments where it was like oh if you're real well, let's see uh but but what if he didn't do that to prove that he's real what if he did it because he's a good father right no no and that's 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 the, very that's personal the place to me yeah that's the place we get to though like it, it you already knew he's real you wouldn't be talking to him right you know so but that happened while i was in what third grade or yeah or, you know when i was going to catholic school and learning about it but it didn't become uh personal or real to me until i actually reached out and prayed right made it one-on-one -on -one. uh but like deals or asking god for proof i mean i may have but like the only time i think i had it delivered and this was kind of funny thinking about it because i i sat down thinking about this this morning for about 20, 30 minutes, uh, saying, well, when, when, when have I prayed to you to show up so that I can prove <laughs> your, you know, your existence? Right. And I couldn't really come up with anything where it was like a good story or anything positive. Not that he doesn't deliver, but we'll get into that. The only time I can remember was actually my sister's cat got lost one time. And I was outside because we thought the cat got out and escaped. And this was when we were living up on the mountain. And I said, God, point me in the right direction. And, all, and out of nowhere, like, I could feel a gust of wind coming and pushing me towards the house. I said, well, I guess it's towards the house. I go back into the house, and lo and behold, you know, there's the cat. And I don't know if you want to see that as proof or... I don't know that God up. would have answered that prayer because that goes I know you contradicting to my prayer, uh, eradicate the earth of all cat so i don't even know why i bring up any <laughs> sort of feline uh, uh, discussions right no but yeah yeah you're like and and i have there were a couple times like i i was reading through your questions and and this question may come up later on but like the there's twice that i've asked god unrealistic expectations like unrealistic requests and <clears throat> one because you say well, like we talk about how God used to do things back in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe I'll save that story for down there. Yeah, I'll save that story for later because it's more part of that, that next question. But, yeah, I've, right. I've asked him for signs. I've, I've tried to make deals and, you know, like, and here's the thing, though. I think sometimes when something happens because God wanted it to happen, if you if you taint what he wanted to happen with a deal, and I'm not saying your thing, right? but if you're always asking God for deals and he gives you six deals and then on the seventh deal, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, my life has been a, my life has been a sham because the deals didn't work with God, you know, but it's like, right. I, I think knowing the character of God and that's um, um, knowing the character of God knowing the consistency of who he is through scripture that way when you're asking for things or when you're praying about things you you know the character of the person you're talking to mm -hmm. you know i can go to a convenience store and ask the clerk behind the counter something but i don't know the character of who i'm talking to i can make a lot of assumptions mm -hmm. but 
I told the girl up here the other day, Adam's card got compromised. And the girl came out and she gave us the gas for free. She gave us hot dogs. She gave us sodas. Oh, the co- she, the clerk. I, I'm sorry. I understood car. Oh, Adam's card. card. Yeah, her, sorry, his sorry. credit card got compromised. But the clerk behind the counter came out and took care of us. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, okay, I don't know where they hired you from, but you're way different than anybody else that works here. I was like, this everybody same else. Gas station here? Yeah. Everybody else is working with a half set of chromosomes. Um, you are, you're like smart and funny and like ready to tackle a problem. And so that, like going into that convenience store sometimes is the way people go to God. They, they, they have an idea of who God is. Well, that day I have an idea of who the clerks are there. She totally blew that idea out of the water. Mm-hmm. And when you begin to know the true character and nature of God, when you begin to sit and, and, I mean, just the same way we, we know a partner, just the same way we know a mom or a dad, when you begin to set with God and when you begin to let him, through his word, teach you who he is, mm-hmm. then you know when you're asking. You don't have to make a deal with God. If God knows, if God is a good father and loves you and wants the best for you, he's giving you those things because he good, he's a good father or he's not giving you those things because he's a good father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and that, I think that's what separates then the idea of the crapshoot right. faith, where it's like, well, I got this, I got this, I didn't get this, and there goes my belief. Right. Well, you know, sometimes the times I get mad at God mm-hmm. is when my life has been going along just like I want it to, and mm-hmm. then there's a hiccup, and I'm like, where were you? My dryer's broken. Mm-hmm. This totally affects my schedule, and he's like, uh, your schedule is different than mine. You know, and so I think those moments where I get mad at God are moments where <clears throat> He's given me some blessings, and I've taken those blessings and run from Him and gone and done my own life. I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday. I read my Bible, but I don't let God be active in my everyday life. He's more like an ATM. You know. Um, for the sake of the continuing conversation, define proof in your own words. Proof. Like, well, proof. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll make it. Yeah, as simple. Answer as I your can. own question. Proof is just the uh, unquestionable evidence that something is or isn't. You know, because it could work both ways. But so we're not even talking about God. We're just talking about proof. Right. Well, well just for the definition of the word. For some people, proof can be. Mutable, I mean, you know, can be what? Mutable. It can oh, change. Okay. Like if you're in a court case, what passes for proof can mean very different things to different people. Oh uh, yeah. You know, we we I was in a case where um, a guy had a very rare condition that caused any sugar consumption to show up as uh, alcohol in his in his blood. Nice. <laughs> well. <laughs> Kool-Aid. <laughs> and, and he was pulled over for a DUI. Uh-huh. So we thought, well, okay. But then... How long was... had he had that condition, though? If he knew he had that condition and he ate too much sugar, then he just it's the same as putting a bottle to well, your lips. Well, there were, there were a Done. number of Case things... Case closed. There were a number of things that were... <laughs> Look, it was the perfect case, but to me, it broke down to numbers. You can't fight numbers. Right. He did have... That's a, true. A, ...a blood alcohol uh, volume test. And despite all this other stuff that the that his lawyer tried to throw out, I said, "Well, 
three times over the limit is a little difficult to fight. <clears throat> and if it's popping up still two to three hours after he got yeah. pulled over, uh, that's yeah, why. put down the bag of Twizzlers. Yeah, or <laughs> or vodka or whatever it was, you know. Uh, so to I, me, I, that I, was proof. Yeah. I don't know if that would be proof to somebody else. Proof for me is anything that tangibly affects my senses. Mm-hmm. If I can smell it, if I can taste it, if I can feel it, if I can hear it, and like. Everything except smell and taste, I guess. Like, I've experienced the Lord with, you mm-hmm. know. I've heard Him. I've sensed Him, you know. Um, there are aspects of God that I, you know, there are aspects of proof of Him and of His work that I've seen, for sure, you know. Um, so, I mean, He's never popped out of the clouds and said, hey, but, but proof to me is the, you know, Something that touches my senses. Right. It, it actually it's like quite it takes literally a snapshot. involves your five senses yeah. in some way. It takes a snapshot in my brain that you remember that one time that blam, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the first time this is, this is I don't know if this is necessarily proof, but I'd seen killer whales because I used to work for SeaWorld. I'd seen killer whales from a distance forever. Mm-hmm. And people can tell you what a killer whale or a dolphin feels like give you an understanding you know of what it feels like if you can't touch them but when i first touched a killer whale it's almost like they were printed with a 3d printer because they have ridges mm-hmm. that are really close together but when you run your hand along them it you can feel the ridges and like to me that was like i'd seen this animal <clears throat> from far away all my life yeah. and and it looks smooth and it looks whatever but when i'm touching them when i'm looking in their eyes and seeing everything it's like there's this something that happens in your brain that no longer is it just this whimsical thought, but now you have proof. Mm-hmm. Now you've touched it yourself. You've experienced it yourself. So I think proof to me is an experience, experiential um, encounter. No, I like that. That's like, uh, yeah, I had something similar. We, we uh, knew somebody who had a viper and, uh, and he... I think he had it defanged, so he let us touch it. Oh, I thought you meant a car. Absolutely. <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought like, you meant a Dodge Viper. No, <laughs> okay, snake. so you touched this Viper. All yeah, right. and it was unlike anything else because it, it's almost like uh, like dry soap. Yeah. But you can actually – it's not like your hand kind of catches on anything. It just keeps going. But it was it was a very unique feeling. You can't really compare that to, to anything else. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, all right. So let's what keep going. What about you? Proof. Uh, mm, oh, sorry. Mm, yeah. No. Define proof. Yeah. Or if there has there been anything to this point you wanted to comment on, but you're like, I don't know, or I'm angry, or what? <laughs> Whatever. What do you What do you think so far? I don't know. I'm just uncomfortable with this conversation. Really? Okay. I am. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, please don't hesitate to jump in if you got it. Oh, I'll not at all. Because it's not like I. I don't think this conversation is about pressing to make people none of our blogs are about pressing to make people believe a certain way they're just what's the opinions out there because if you have an opinion chances are you're represented by 30 other people you know or more you know with our listening crew it's probably six other people but (laughs) (laughs) right and this isn't gonna end up being proof for it well right you know maybe but it's not likely like we're presenting it as proof Yeah. yeah all right uh, do we have a right to ask God to prove himself to people, or is it even right to do so? Is it fair? Is it fair? 
Absolutely. That's fair. All right. Well, I mean... I, I mean, there have been people that have... Like, I, that question is tough because there are people that, like, have been sitting in their living room and they're like, Lord, if you're real, you know, my friend, that my friend that, that has an international ministry was going to get a sex change. And he's like, Lord, I can't stop this process. If this process is going to stop at all, you have to do it. And then the hospital he was going to stop their sex uh, reassignment surgeries. So in that case, it happened. Mm-hmm. So is it fair? Sure, <laughs> because and and for me, like when I was, <clears throat> I was dating this guy, and a long time ago, not recently, uh, but I was dating this guy, and I I told the Lord, I'm like, I I can't. Well, we had broken up. We still lived together for financial reasons, and mm-hmm. I said, Lord, I can't kill this thing. You're gonna have to do it. I don't know what to do. I want it to be gone, this mm-hmm. relationship or whatever it is, or our apartment, and the Lord brought somebody into his life and he was gone within like a couple of weeks but i couldn't have done it myself and so in that moment i it was almost like lord you need to show up and he Mm -hmm. did you know because my my heart was right my heart was ready i wasn't i wasn't doing it just to say hey i need a magic show (laughs) right (laughs) oh yeah that i think that's when you when you get into the realm of uh like theatrics yeah it like the whole uh a snake handling thing. Now that I'm, now that not to bring that up, but you know, people running around with these venomous snakes and not getting bit by them or getting bit by them. Well, I don't know. You know, that's between them and the snake. But right. It, to me, it's just I bring up fairness because mm-hmm. what exactly is it that you're asking for, and is that then fair? Like uh, that. That's like me. Saying, well, you know, that one time in the Bible when uh, they threw out the blankets and they said, well, we'll, our God will make it catch fire. And just to prove them all wrong. uh, I think you might have uh, two stories mixed up. No, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, The the blanket with the fleece. The fleece was wet or dry. Or the the ball and killing Yeah, the fleece. Catching the fire on the altar. No, no, with the fleece. All right. Yeah. I don't remember it, was, it being uh, on fire. It was to catch it on fire, yeah, because then it, to throw, like, dirt on their heads. Um, why can't I think of who it was? <sighs> the Elijah and the 400 prophets. Elijah, thank you. I'm thinking. Yeah, there, was no, <laughs> I don't, there was no fleece there. It was the altar and the water and the bull. The fleece was somebody else. The fleece then I'm was, maybe mixing them up. <clears throat> well, no, but like the one story, it's like they wet down the altar, wet down the altar, and then they ask God to catch it on fire. And, and that it was, catches on fire, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, is that example fair to ask of now? If we if we catch ourselves, you know, with somebody who right. has complete unbelief, do we go into the middle of the street and say, well, go bling, you know, bring your blanket yeah. or bull or whatever you want yeah, to yeah. bring in, and let's both uh, douse it in water and see what happens? What? I, think I mean, you can try it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, you know, God still works in signs and wonders. Um, I think they just look different than they used to, you know. Mm-hmm. Back then, you know, they wanted to see this crazy stuff, you know, cloud by day, fire by night, kind of thing, and um, 
that was like walking proof, you know, that God mm-hmm. was with them. But now, um, I mean, you don't really see much in the physical. I mean, there's a few people with, you know, some special gifts that they could see stuff. But um, I think now people just want to see, you know, people want to see, you know, people get healed from crazy illnesses that are going to kill them. You know, people want to see the dead rise again. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. it's, and that's something that's happening. It's just happening on, you know, the other side of the planet. So, right, where there's a like, and the Bible even talks about that that where there's a belief system that allows him to do it, like our belief or unbelief can keep God from doing what he needs to do, right, know? yeah, I can yeah no i'm I'm all for that, I just I don't know i I guess all I can think of, and the only thing that I can use as yeah, my personal backup is uh. Christ saying the only sign that's going to be given to this generation is the sign of uh, Jonah, or the the time of the three days. Yeah. And obviously all the things that come into fruition with the temple and the veil being broken in half, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> you know, that's all the proof you're getting. To me, it's it's become a relationship of, you want me to prove myself? Well, right, let's bring this up. Uh-oh. Gloves are off. Uh-huh. Well, we had somebody approach us on the email for the podcast. Okay. Somebody who needed a miracle. I think we brought it up already. But I've been praying for this this guy for weeks. And and he approached us and he said it. He gave us a definitive of like, this is really what I need to have happen. And it was a special thing because he opened up to us. And I remember I, I got on my knees and I prayed to God and I said, what what... What do do I need to do to have this happen? I'll, I'll sacrifice if it needs to happen. And it was like, ding, you know, the light bulb goes on. And it's like, there's the proof. It's not me proving myself to you. It's you proving yourself to me. It's no longer about this relationship of, let me show you the wonders of what I can do. You know what they are. Let me, sh- show me your faith. The proof is now more put on us as as followers does that make sense i mean it the and proof, it was true back then so also, our reputation but. is at stake not god's reputation right what can you sacrifice and that that was what i was being asked at that moment was what are you willing to sacrifice for seven days pick anything you want for seven days can you give that up for seven days for the sake of your brother yeah to see if this can be given it was clear as day for me okay and I, maybe it's bad follow-up, but I followed through on that. Whether it happened or not, I don't know, but I felt fulfilled by the end of the seven days because, you know, that was communicated. Right. I was given a clear uh, understanding of, of the situation. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe that doesn't resonate. I. No, I, I, I think it does. I, I, but I think what happened there is... Like oftentimes, like other people will ask us to pray, or God illuminates their situation to give us authority in that prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't give us. He he's not trying to burden us with the, with the sins of the world or with the struggles of the world. Right. But what happened in that moment is your relationship with God deepened to the point that 
you were sacrificing and and when however god chooses to minister to your friend mm-hmm. is like inconsequential now because you did what you were asked to do and your relationship deepened right. and that's like i i think sometimes i think of the horse in the in the park with the blinders on so they can only see straight in front of him mm-hmm. and god is a god of taking off those blinders so that we can see the bigger picture all around us you know and you saw the bigger picture because in that moment it wasn't a prayer getting answered for your friend mm-hmm. it was your relationship got deepened and god will will tend to your friend how he sees fit as a good father so there was god is a god of bigger picture mm-hmm. we're sometimes a, a, the the christians of treatment get a mm-hmm. shot take a pill you know in the spirit you know mm-hmm. and that was for me like i, I had a friend <clears throat> right after i came to christ she wrote to a bunch of people, and she she wrote to people who believed in positive thoughts. She wrote to people who believed in bright light, white white positive light, mm-hmm. and she wrote to me, and I believe in God. And God sent me to the scripture of the woman with the issue of blood, and this friend had asked. She said, I have cancer, cervical cancer. I need people to pray or send positive light or whatever. And right. so I began to pray. God sent me that scripture. I sent her the scripture, and a couple of weeks later she got a report back that the cancer was gone mm-hmm. i know why it was gone because she reached out just say, the same way the widow reached out in that moment of of trying to believe something or, or believing that god could do it and god healed her but not only did god heal her he deepened my faith that he still does stuff like that mm-hmm. and when i was at SeaWorld, i fell and broke my knee which i knew god was going to let me break my knee i just knew it mm-hmm. but in the process of him Letting, you know, getting me into a situation where I made the decision to be there, but God had the event planned for me that my knee would get broken. And I know that. I know that was his purpose and plan because from that break, like I started to see the bigger picture about SeaWorld um, and why it was time for me to move on. Right. But pre surgery, <laughs> there were three things wrong with my knee. When they got in, the thing that one of the things that was wrong with my knee that would have been the worst possible things to have happen was was not done it wasn't broken mm-hmm. on the x-ray it's broken inside it's not so right there like god did some healing but me being who i was at that moment i'm like well if he was already in there why didn't he fix the other two things <laughs> right. and it was because in that moment i needed to be away from there for a while and i needed to process mm-hmm. and i need and the process of healing was also god's process of walking me through fear and so, there, like, if you let God, and if you trust Him, if if you don't malign His character through your own thoughts or through your own experience or through the world's experience, if you let Him, He may extract you from where you're at and implant you somewhere else. But He does it because He's a good Father, not because He's a mean son of a bitch. You know, um, right. that's not who He is. Hmm. Oh. Um. Learning from the past and scripture, how do the old examples of God making himself manifest compare or are different from this age? Essentially, what's changed? Which we kind of went through already. Right. You know, different faith levels in different places because of need and necessity and what your daily life looks like. But, what I mean, it's... Is it an escalation game and that's why it doesn't happen? 
escalation a lot of it is I think a lot of it has to do with disbelief Jesus said that when he left we would do greater miracles than he did mm -hmm. and we're not doing them why are we not doing them because we right, believe the, the, the that it's not yeah we either believe that it's not or we we are afraid to walk in that but like I'll tell you my two examples that I was going to tell you earlier when mm -hmm. Dawn died at SeaWorld like I was thinking about Lazarus. I was like, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray for Dawn, and I'm going to pray for her to be restored to life because that's what my God does. And in the back of my head, I'm like, this is not, this is not something that normally happens. This is whatever. But I'm like, you know what? I believe that this could happen, but I, and, and I'm going to pray in that general direction. And so I'll be honest, I, was, I wasn't surprised when it didn't happen but I was praying and believing that everything that had happened to her would be undone and that she would come back and, and everything would be fine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and it, it, obviously that didn't happen. The, um, and, and there was another example of something that I, oh, I prayed, like I, there was just one time I got real honest with God and I said, God, if you're a God of impossibilities, mm -hmm. if you're a God that can do anything, I said, I want you to, I said, I want to roll back to the time that I was molested and introduced to pornography, and I want to start my life over from there. And I was honest about the, the, the prayer. Mm -hmm. I just shared with God, this is what I want. I said, I don't know how you would do it, and I don't necessarily care how you do it, but I'm in so much pain right now that I don't want to commit suicide. Like, I mean, there's, there's something in my head that says it would be better not to be here. I mm -hmm. said, but I, I know that's not the answer. But the answer for me is going back to a time so that I'm not broken like I am. Going back to a time, and, and I just honestly, for about 20 minutes, prayed and closed my eyes hoping that I would wake up in a six-year-old's body. Um, and so those are those two times where I wasn't, I wasn't trying to sh be magical or showy, and I wasn't trying to have God do, do the biggest thing because he loved me most. Mm -hmm. Both of those instances came out of a belief that God can do anything and also a, a huge desperate amount of hurt and pain and brokenness and anguish hmm. so you know those I still believe God can manifest and do healings and do those things but I, I think they're and, and I don't know myself I don't know how I would get to a level of belief to be that guy that that raises people from the dead to be that guy, you know, I, I've I've had a fair amount of like casting demons off of people, um, and I've had five five of those experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, those are just like every time they've come up, it's just a simple act of prayer to me. It's it's a simple act of standing in the presence of of God and knowing Jesus is my Savior and doing what Jesus did back in the day and having the faith to say, "You're not, you're this is not yours. This is God's property, and you mm -hmm. need to move on." Um, and doing that with a fair amount of spiritual authority. But when it comes to raising the dead, I mean, good gracious, that's a big one. That, that's, <laughs> that's not a simple issue. And, no, no, yeah. And right. part of you, like you don't, you, you're going to look at, you, I think you're going to be looked at weird when it doesn't happen. People are going to be like, they'll doubt your God, they'll doubt you. But you got to stop worrying about what people say because they persecuted Jesus for his beliefs. And there have been humans on the earth that have prayed over people and they've come back from the dead. And so I believe it's definitely a possibility, but right. I think, I think where we're at nowadays, we've, 
it, the Bible says that they, there are people out there who have a spirituality about them, but they don't have the power that backs it up, which mm-hmm. is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I have that relationship, but I think there are some days that I just kind of think of God as a, you know, an air freshener you turn on and off every once in a while. Like he's not necessarily the deep clean to come in and be experienced and mm-hmm. you're walking in his power and you're walking in his authority. There are ways that I do it, but then there are ways that I'm like, eh, <laughs> that's not possible. Mm. I try to play the logic game, I guess. Not in yeah. not in terms of uh, breaking everything down to logic, but what makes logical sense to me. Yeah. And of the multiple times I've gone cover to cover on the Bible, yeah. and my experience living as someone with faith, I, I've kind of come to see everything as a natural progression. Not escalation, but a progression. Where we start at one point, and I think I, we kind of spoke about this some time ago, about how God is present, walks on the earth, he is present, making himself manifest through a very clear voice to his people, he sends his son, and then he is within, right? Actually living within. But then that also applies to just his way of working. Not that you discount what he can do back in the old days. That could still happen today, but it's just not the norm, I guess. To me, it's just, like you said, we we will do greater works than these, as Christ said. Well, it's it's just amplified. It doesn't mean that it's just greater. That, well, it doesn't have to be that you discount that greater works can be done in terms of grand gesture, but it's just different. It's different. It's just... I question the need for it. I don't know that. And I question the need for it because it's just... We've gone over and over and over and over and over and over. You know, everybody tries to discount history. Yeah. But there are certain things you can't discount. Right. That Christ walked the earth, I think it's impossible to discount at this point. Right. He's present. That these events happen. Difficult to discount. Or you're not there, no, but recorded history within more than one community or more than one culture, eh, kind of hard to fight, you know. And then you're presented with this evidence that you can't deny, and you still question it. And that's fine. You can always question. I don't think there's anything wrong with questioning. But if you don't come to certain conclusions, it's just... Really, I gotta, I gotta keep hitting you in the head with this. Well, you know? it, it, there's a difference between asking a question to find resolution and asking a question to create a boundary, mm-hmm. or to, to build a wall. And and that was what I was talking with a guy today who's going to talk to his brother who's gay. And I said, sometimes people, sometimes people who aren't, who don't want to hear what you have to say, they'll come at you with a question. But there's a question behind the question, and that's what you need to get to. Like, where are you coming from? Because the question you're asking is not the question you're asking. And so when it like comes... Like an ulterior motive sort of yeah, situation? Yeah, there's an ulterior motive to the question. They're asking the question to push back, but there's anger or hurt or whatever behind that question. And mm-hmm. so like, when when you're asking God, 
when you're asking God for questions, if you already have your mind made up, you know, you can discount God at the end of it, but the one who loses is you, not God. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if you're asking questions honestly, you're looking for answers that will help you be a better person. You're looking for answers that will give you resolution to your problems. But if you're asking questions just to prove that you're smarter than God, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. You're an idiot. <laughs> and I can say that because I was there, you mm-hmm. know. People people can build a whole they can build a whole organization on a really bad idea, you know, and I built a whole mm-hmm. gay life on a really bad idea, you know, and mm-hmm. that was that was my life. And then the, when, but when God reveals, he, he didn't reveal it and tell me I was a horrible person. Mm-hmm. He didn't reveal it. Um, he, did, he did say, you know, you've lost a lot of time. And there are things I can do to restore the time. There are things I can do to restore your life. And, and there were some behaviors that you were doing in that old life, ministering to people the way you thought you were supposed to. I can, I can recoup those behaviors, and you can use that on the Christian side. But, but I think... You know, the sooner we come to the knowledge that God is a good father and that he is a provider and that he's not out to harm us, but he's out to do us good mm-hmm. and that there's nothing that can separate us from his love, the sooner we come to that, the less time we spend on things that are frivolous, that have no value and will not give us any amount of return, but will in, but in, in the meantime, will steal our life away one year at a time. You know, I look back on my college years, and I went back for a reunion, and I'm like, I don't know any of these people. And God says, it was because you were in the gay bars your whole college existence. You didn't hang out with these people. Mm-hmm. You didn't try to be in community with them. And so it, it, nobody's, you know, nobody's saying you're a horrible person, but you can't get an investment from a place you weren't willing to invest in. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't willing to invest. I spent all my time in the gay bars with all my gay friends, and they're all gone to the four winds. And these people I went to school with, I only recognized some of them because I was in class with them. And so, you know, that the Lord showed me. It's like, for whatever reason, you chose to be here. You can't reap a harvest from a field that you didn't plant. Mm-hmm. And, and the harvest you're reaping is from the fields you did plant. And that's right. why there's a lot to work with or work through right now. Right. So. A little bit of weeding process going on. Yeah. You know. I, uh, Adam, you got something? Mm-mm. Okay. Hatred I, and anger. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad you said that about the questions and kind of the ulterior motive. Because I guess that's kind of the, the idea behind this, this next question. And I'm thinking of Christ specifically getting questioned by the uh, by the Pharisees, asking him, like, well, we'll, we'll come up with a real good zinger that he can't. Oh, yeah, him. we're going to get him this time. And that happens, <laughs> well, as believers, I think that happens to us constantly. Like, it'll happen oh, yeah. to me at work, where it's like, well, if your God's so great, then why doesn't he come down and deliver justice for all these people stuck in India and, and, and sexual slavery, or in Asia and sexual slavery? Right. And it's like, well, you have to sit there and... If you don't give them that immediate answer, if you don't have like the jump on point, you're trying to compute. See, yeah. there you go. <laughs> you know, I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I felt like a long time ago the Lord told me I didn't need to debate people because that right there, they're coming in with an ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. They're not coming in 
wanting to know more about God. And, 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 and here's the thing. If you have a problem with the stuff that's happening in India, mm-hmm. go to India and, and, and be a part of the solution and not right. part of the problem. Not, don't just sit in your living room and blame God. Mm-hmm. But one of the guys at, at work, James, would, used to say, why isn't the church taking care of this? Why isn't the church taking care of that? And, and like, I didn't, you know, I said, you know, there's a lot of churches that are just out for themselves. I said, but mm-hmm. there's churches this, blah, 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 blah. And there's good churches. And so a, a couple of months later, the Lord said, I want you to write a blog just for James. And I want you to extol the virtues of Illuminate Church and what we're doing for the community. And so I wrote the blog and I sent it to James because he's not on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote the blog and I said, this is what my church is doing. This is how good my church is. This is the good they're doing in the world in their own little corner. And it was that moment of, I may not be able to change the whole world, mm-hmm. but along with Illuminate and the people that go there and, and the, uh, the vast array of people that we have, we will change our corner of the world. Mm-hmm. And if that happens to connect with another corner of the world, then so be it. But we're not one of those churches that's just sitting there taking money for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, it's yeah. It, <laughs> I just I try to dodge those spears when those questions come out because they're not asking for self edification. Or, you know, they're asking because either they've been hurt or they're just bitter or they they want you to be miserable like they are or. Or they're angry at God, and there's a fair amount of those people, and I've been that person too. So, I even as a believer, I think I fell fell into that trap. Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, if you're if anybody belonging to the church or that is part of the staff, please forgive me on this one. But it was just a gut reaction. Yeah, I, I'm sure you saw the post about how they put up the billboard. Have you seen the billboard? Uh. Uh-uh. They put it. They they bought a billboard somewhere to uh advertise the easter or the easter christmas service okay and it's a nice big billboard and it's got the date and everything welcomes everybody to come and uh because of my knowledge from other people that have done it it's like oh man billboard that's expensive that was that was it that was my gut reaction was that's expensive right i'm questioning how they're spending money as a gut reaction, and I couldn't help that. Yeah. And immediately, it's like, oh, uh, and then I can back it up with, well, hold on, because we're putting funds into this, that, helping people here, basket brigade, prison ministry, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, you know, well, and, and I'm and, just saying I'm, I can fall for the trap yeah. too. Yeah. Well, and and that's like I, I think about it. Like I I had a supporter that wrote me, and he wanted to know what I've been doing every minute of every day and he gives $50 a month and I said you can t- you can keep your money cuz I'm not giving you that kind of play by play I'm still human mm-hmm. and and I it's not like I'm walking around the house wearing sackcloth and ashes because I'm a missionary right. and if you don't want to give don't give God will provide for me you know and so when I when I see things like that I'm not saying I didn't react that same way but here's the thing that could have happened, and this is what my spirit is telling me. It's like somebody could have come to the church and said, hey, I have this money set aside for a billboard. I want to give it to the church. And right. the church spends no money of their own. Mm-hmm. It, it's somebody saying, this is how I want to spend my money. You know, I, I went to lunch today, and before the lunch even started, the guy sitting across from me said, hey, we want to give $500 to your ministry. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even, like, said hello. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so... You know, but once it's like giving money to a homeless person. Like if you give them money, 
you're not going to follow them around to make sure they they don't use it to drink. You you usually give them money and you and at least for me, God let them spend it wisely. Mm-hmm. What they do with it is their choice. But it's on them. You just follow yeah. through on. Yeah. yeah, but but here's the thing: one person may see that billboard because it's in a place where it was. It's completely worthwhile. I'm yeah. sorry, I don't mean to say that it's not worthwhile. No, I know. I, I just said, but it, that was my gut reaction, and it shouldn't yeah. be that way. It should be like, oh, great, we can reach all these people that are yeah. driving by there. I'm. I just. Beating my chest about it, or or slapping my back with the whip yeah. for it. You well, know? <laughs> and I think I come, I come at it from that different aspect of, I've been that, I'm in that ministry where people think they're giving you money, and if you go to Disney one day, they're like, oh, so you're spending our money going to Disney, and I'm like, okay, I got into Disney for free today, mm-hmm. so honestly, I and and there was a thing about it on Facebook about how missionaries have to word their life on social media and the emails they have to word their life differently than everybody else because people expect missionaries to be anywhere they're at they expect them to be living third world lives you know Mm -hmm. the women can't wear makeup and the men have to wear you know white shirts and black pants and they always have to look forlorn right and 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 i just was like like i really have tamed down my social media presence as far as the things that i do in life because people look at me and they're like you're always on vacation and i'm like no, I'm not, but you, you're always judgmental, apparently. <laughs> um, so, but it, it, it's right. it's an unfair thing that happens. Like mm-hmm. the church can't, the church and missionaries can't do even simple fun things like the world does because mm-hmm. then the, the world's like, oh, spending money on that now. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'd, Sorry, I didn't mean to go on that tangent. I, I, it's fine. Valid. It's good to bring up. So, yeah. That's fine. Uh, in your opinion, what's keeping God from the grand gesture? Or appearance to show his omnipotence and presence. I think he already did. Okay. Yeah, he uh, did. No, that's excellent. The, I never even thought of that. Did. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ is the biggest thing that he could have done for us, mm-hmm. and and if you need more than that, then I'm sorry. I you know like, like that's that's an over that's an across the board amazing thing that God did that he didn't have to do, and I think in looking for a sign, we diminish the fact that. Jesus Christ is he is a sign. He he was the thing that is God's biggest gift that he could give us mm-hmm. and his life and the life that he led, you know. Um I still have those moments where I'm in traffic and I'm like, "God, why did you let this happen?" <laughs> and then after I chill and calm down, mm-hmm. this is exactly what God says to me every once in a while. He's like, "Don't talk to me that way because that's not who we are mm-hmm. to one another." You I'm I'm a good father to you. I'm a provider. I'm your friend. Don't talk to me that way. Don't talk to me as if I'm out to get you or if I've, you know, got, stepped away from the controls and let you just skid the plane into the ground. And it's it's at that point now that we have this relationship that I honestly I woke up this morning and I realized this is the God that put the universe together. This is the God that stood before Moses. This is the God that came down and spoke to Paul. And I'm treating him very nondescript. You know, I'm just, eh, you know, he's my buddy. Right. I, I'm not treating him with the reverence that I need to treat him. You know, I'm doing, I, I'm, I'm doing my Christian life and I'm doing my own thing and I'm, and I'm needing moments alone. And, I, and, and it's just, there are moments that, I think we all have to take a step back and say, this is God. This is not 
This, this is not something simple. This is not the neighbor next door. This is the cosmic creator of the universe who is all-powerful, mm-hmm. and he is choosing to have a relationship with us. That in and of itself to me is the biggest sign and the biggest thing he can offer. Well, thank you for that answer. I mean, that, that should have been simple and easy and perfectly recallable, you know, where I could just bring it out and, and say it. But thank you for the – it's a reminder well, remember, most, it's already happened. Most know? of the time, Lewis, I'm I'm like one of the twelve goobers, <laughs> which is what my friend calls the twelve disciples because they didn't know nothing, mm-hmm. and like I'm not smart enough to make this stuff up on my own. God, God imparts these wisdom, these pieces of wisdom to me, and and He wakes me up, you know, at five this morning. It, here's here was my my exact assessment at five this morning. I went to bed at like twelve oh one something like that. At five this morning, I woke up. And I said, okay, God, is this it or do I get two more hours? Because I'll pray now if this is it. But if you're going to give me two more hours, I'll pray at seven. And I'm like, I'm sitting there in my tired state re- making these these resolutions with God and mm-hmm. saying, okay. And then when I didn't fall back asleep, I'm like, could I honestly get up today and make a day of it? Lord, will you give me enough strength and energy? Oh, I don't feel like that's possible. Well, I'm going to pray right now. And I'm, I mean, just all this stuff, like that was my conversation with him. But just the simple fact that he kind of nudged me awake at 5 o'clock and he knew that I wasn't going to be in a state of nothing's happened. The day from yesterday is erased. We're mm-hmm. starting fresh. And I knew what he was doing. I knew he wanted some time with me. Um, I knew that, you know, it was going to be it was going to be a day that if I started praying in the beginning of the day, that when the day did get ahead of me or when I tried to get ahead of the day, that God was the template that had been laid over the day no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I hope this doesn't sound like it's being the dead horse again, but... What is your proof? We need to, to change to the name of the podcast to The Dead Horse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to beat this dead horse, but I'm going to beat it. <laughs> what What is your proof? I mean, it, I think it's fairly easy to just say, well, it's your testimony, right? That's the one thing nobody can take away from you. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, like, and, and the, I think the enemy does a great work at diminishing our testimony. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some hard and fast reasons why some people walk into homosexuality, least of them being they're born that way. You know, I believe it's it's more uh, nurture than nature. And so, but, you know, the the enemy at bay has done a great work to try to diminish my life and my story and my struggle. But, like, when you're ministering to somebody individually, mm-hmm. And they and you share their pain and you share their experiences because the enemy is not creative at all. Um, and the kid sitting across the table from me at lunch was describing my family, but he was describing his. And I was like, look at that. The enemy is not creative. And if we never talk, we believe we're the only person on the planet struggling with this. And so when we begin to talk, when we, we begin to confess, there's nobody in the world that can can just you know diminish the proof that I was this way before and now I'm walking with God now and and I'm a vastly different person than I was before and to some people that will be proof to some people that will be an argument and mm-hmm. you know I, I just talk to the ones who need the proof because that's what God's called me to do I'm not here to debate yeah. heifers 
<laughs> I uh, I try to bring this one up to to my coworker Antonio. Yeah. Uh, and it's not enough for him, but I always offer it up every time. And yeah. This is my proof. my my proof. Yeah. You know, I could share my story with him. But like I like I've mentioned before, when somebody knows you personally, they know your faults. They know that you're not perfect. So it's kind of easier for them to say, "Well, eh, you're just human. We all are." But I always tell them, "Well, look at the amount of people that have dedicated their life to giving away 10 percent or more yeah. of what they make." Yeah. Look at the amount of people that are willing to sacrifice. Which for most it isn't, but for some it may be. Sometimes it is for me. A Sunday that they could sleep in on, yeah. go to church, or in parts of the world where they have to travel there by foot, and it is hours. Yeah. Travel. Look at the amount of people that are willing to give up their life to go somewhere else and, and dedicate their life to a mission. You yourself being somebody who's dedicated himself to a mission, homeland or not, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. If you're willing to sacrifice all that or to give all that because you believe you've got all these other people that are partnered together like a long chain of believers, if that's not enough proof for you, well, I'm sorry, I just don't know what will be. Right. Yeah, and, and with people like that, I mean, if you know, you were willing to sacrifice seven days for your friend. You know, and and with other people, I think if if we really want to minister to people, we've got to stop trying to prove to them that they're wrong and that we're right, and we have to approach them at the level of uh, at the area where they're ready to receive. Mm-hmm. And if that's just if they're just ready to receive prayer and they're not ready to receive conversation about God, then then you have to start there. But there's there's been plenty of people in my life. I mean, and this is not. This is not anything, I'm not asking for a reward in heaven for this, but here lately, for about seven, seven, six or seven months, God has said, I want you to give 20%, not 10%. And in the beginning, I'm like, oh, that's not God. <laughs> that's not God. No, because I don't have very much money anyway. That's not God. Right. And then he, he really, like in prayer one time, he goes, you've walked with me long enough to know my voice. This, this is just an excuse now. I said, oh, okay. So I started giving him 20%. And giving the church twenty percent, and it's been difficult, but he's provided. He's he's over abundantly provided for for my needs and 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 the ministry and my life. And so the other thing is, you know, there was somebody that showed up the other day. We do garage sales for the ministry, and they needed furniture. And there was not even a second thought in my head. The only thoughts were, what can I give her? What do I have? And so I would give. I gave her some furniture, not because of who she is, but because who God is to me, and what He asked me to do. And and I think I look at God as more of like God is. My relationship with God is like me being a skydiver, and He'll. I can pull the parachute at any moment, but if I don't pull the parachute, it's one hell of a ride. And I'll never hit. I'll never hit rock bottom because He's always got me. He always asked me to do the next thing. And and this whole thing with money. It's been, it, he's asked me to give 20%, and he, he even showed me, he's like, it's not about the money. It's if you were going to be obedient to what I ask you to do. And, you know, I get calls all the time. Like, I got a call from my mom yesterday, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I saw my son's Facebook page, and I just I just can't believe. And I was like, 
what scripture did you read today? You know, are you putting more faith in who your son is or more faith in who God is? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't to be mean to her or anything, but it's like if we put more faith in the little blurbs that people put on Facebook about who they are rather than seeing the backstory of the, who, uh, emotionally who they are or what even their spiritual lives look like, then we're getting it wrong. You know, anytime we see the world falling apart around us, anytime, you know, w- w- when our church saw we're sending people to Puerto Rico next month. When when our church saw that there was the the um, monsoons or the the tsunamis in in the Philippines, somebody from the Philippines at our church went to help out. Mm-hmm. And so, rather than to lock your doors and and board up the windows and stay in the house, there's a dead and dying world out there, and we have the bread of life. We have something amazing as a Christian to take to those people. Um, to give them hope in the moment. And that's what our assignment is. You know, the enemy thinks he's destroying the world that God created and he's being successful about it. But when you create havoc and when you create need in somebody's life, that's a perfect opportunity to step in and introduce them to the one that can provide all their needs. Oh my gosh, that print is so small. I couldn't read that if I tried. (laughs) I know. I need glasses. Okay. Squirrel. Well, we hope we made you think, as always. Um, if you want to reach us, you can reach us facebook.com slash wolfsheeppod. If you want to reach me, uh, email uh, four, number four, C.S. Lewis, L-U-I-S, at gmail.com. Matthew? Oh, yeah, that's me. Um, you can reach me at mattywalk.com, M-A-T-T-I-E-W-A-L-K.com. Or you can reach me at bigfishministry at gmail.com. And you can reach me at littlefish, the number four, bigfish at gmail.com. Well, from uh, Luis Cavedo and Matthew Walker and Adam Parker, this is Wolf Sheep. <laughs>